is I was just thinking about 2020 and this new year. And when, when you think of 2020, what do you think about? 2020 vision, thank you. So I just want us to think about how, how do I see myself? When I look at myself, how do I see myself? When I look at other people, how do I see them? And, and going with seeing is thinking. What do I see? What do I think? And after you've seen something and thought something, what normally follows then, ladies? You say something, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah, there is an attitude and a judgment, but it bumps out of us, doesn't it? So we're, we're thinking about something. What I think, what I see, what I think about, about me, about other people, about God. Now, some people um, can look through, how can I say, just as I was coming up to clean my glasses, because I had mucky, dirty glasses. Some of us will look with a really sort of dodgy, dirty lens. Like, we don't look good at ourselves or at other people. You know, we just don't have a good picture. Some, some of us might be looking with rose-tinted glasses that everything's wonderful all the time. I can see that really relates to us, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but, you know, we can think very often in a critical, judgmental, condemning, horrible way. And often that's just thinking about ourselves, isn't it, ladies? You know, when you, not, I'm not asking you to answer this now, but when you look in the mirror, what do you think? What do you say about yourself? We can bless ourselves or we can curse ourselves. We can bless other people or curse other people. We can be those that moan and groan because we see things in a certain way. And so what we really need is God's perspective. So we don't need um, dirty glasses and we don't need rose-tinted glasses. We need Jesus' glasses. That we look at ourselves through the lens of Jesus, who, who Jesus is and what he says about us. And that if our lives are hidden in Christ, so if we're believing in Jesus, my life is in him and he is in me, then I should uh, be seeing things differently. And if I'm seeing things differently, I should be thinking things differently. And if I'm thinking things differently, I should be saying things differently about who I am and who other people are as well. So how do we get God's perspective? Well, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, so in the letter of Ephesians, and he says this, I keep asking, I keep asking that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So Paul is, is praying for this church community and he's just going, I want you to know God better. So have wisdom and revelation that comes from the spirit. So that's Ephesians 1.17. Wisdom and revelation that you can know God better. And when we know God better, we can know ourselves better we can know God's opinion of us and not an opinion that we think God has of us but an opinion that's based on the word of God based on scriptures and what actually God does say because we can have very warped views and attitudes because we think God says certain things when he doesn't so um, Romans 12 2 says this do not 
conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we need to change the way we think. And the way we change the way we think is to come to that place where we start disagreeing with ourselves. What am I saying? What am I thinking? How am I looking at this? Is it from your perspective, Lord, or is it from a sinful nature perspective? How am I thinking about myself? What am I saying? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Like We've all grown up in this world, and so we've all had influences in our life, people that have spoken to us, said things over us, and they can shape and form us. But is that going to shape and form us now if we've met with Jesus and we know him and God speaks a better word over us? I remember when I was at school, always like my music teacher on me back, you can't sing, you can't sing. So what happens when somebody who gets a word over them, you can't sing? Tone deaf, I think. You're tone deaf, you can't sing, you can't sing in tune. What does that do to somebody who gets born again by the Spirit of God starts coming to church meetings where everyone's singing and that voice is saying, you can't sing, you can't sing, you're tone deaf. What does that do? Puts a clamp on you, doesn't it? Because what I'm believing is what that person said to me all those years ago. And until we get a revelation in the wisdom of the word of God, so my releasing scripture is in Ephesians. It says, says, make a joyful sound to the Lord. It doesn't say anything about being tuneful, right? So does it matter whether I'm tuneful or not? Does it matter? No, what matters is I'm singing unto him, unto him. It's a spiritual discipline. I'm doing it because he's worthy. And do you know what? As you practice and as you do things, not in the sense of I must practice my singing before God, but as you are in abandonment and you're worshipping God and you're making a joyful sound to the Lord, actually, you start tuning in a bit better. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best singer in the world, and I certainly wouldn't lead us in some worship. I'd be too embarrassed. But if that freedom, that wisdom, that revelation doesn't come, we live in slavery of an opinion from somebody else. And there will be loads of opinions that have been spoken over you that is not God's word. Okay? So you need to make adjustments. You need to see what's going on, recognise the need and change it. Right. If this word over me is going to stop me fulfilling something that God has got for me to do, I better make an adjustment. I better make a change. So who am I in Christ? And so within the Bible, there, there are loads and loads of verses. There are four things, if I've got time, who knows? Four things, that's five, but that's four. There are four things that I want to get us to think about and share with you about. Um, For those people whose lives are hidden in Christ, right? if I believe in Jesus, I've been born again. I'm a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm now a new spiritual person and I need to grow up in him and become who he's made me to be. I am a child of God. And I'm called to be an imitator of my father as a dearly loved child. 
So if we've still got, as Joyce May would say, that stinking thinking, dominating and controlling us, we won't become what he's made us to be. And if you're not in Christ, if you're not trusting Jesus with your life, then this isn't who you are at the moment. But if you give your life to Jesus, it can be, it will be who you are. So I'm only going to go for four things. There are like loads. If you... um, put who, I, who am I in Christ or who, what is my identity in Christ in the search engine, you'll come up with loads of verses and stuff like that. So, who am I in Christ and who are others then? So, some of what I'm saying is a mystery because it doesn't, logically, it doesn't make sense. Okay, but supernaturally and spiritually, we can be these things. So, first thing I want us to talk about, I am part of Jesus' body. Because I'm in Christ, I'm part of Jesus' body. See, it doesn't make sense, does it? How can you be part of somebody else's body? But we've got a supernatural king who's got this body, it's called the church, but he says, you are my body. And what we need to remember is that as being part of Jesus' body, we are not the head. No human being is the head. Jesus is the head. If you think of it like that, Jesus is the brain. Now, some of you are writing, some of you are moving your arms, some of you might be scratching your nose, who knows what. You're doing things subconsciously, you're just moving, right? The little ones, moving, because his brain, our brains are telling us to do something and our body responds. And so if somebody has got an illness or a disease where the message from their brain doesn't get through to their limbs and they can't move properly it's like it's horrible it's frustrating it's debilitating it doesn't work it doesn't look good you're dysfunctional when something's like that and so the church Jesus body is dysfunctional if the parts of his body are not responding to his thoughts and what he's saying for them to do so each one of us is special and unique We've got a part and a role to play within the body of Jesus, the church. And we can't say that one bit's better than the other bit. Every bit of my body is needed and it's all connected. Yeah? And so, yeah, you can survive without bits and pieces, but it's not great. Jesus wants a fully functioning body. That means that everybody who knows and loves him needs to play their part, contribute Don't compare, contribute, do your part, make a difference, do the bits that he's asking you to do. Don't rubbish yourself, don't say, yeah, but I'm not kicking the ball now, but you might be scratching his head. And so we give ourselves excuses or we blame ourselves, but that that needs to change in our mindset. We need to say, I am part of Jesus' body and he is my head. So in Ephesians at 5, 29 to 30, it says this. Okay. After all, no one, no one ever hated their own body, but fed and cared for their body, just as Christ does the church. So the truth is this, Jesus cares for his body. Jesus feeds and cares for his body. Jesus looks after his body. Who's his body? You could put your hand up. Me. I am part of Jesus' body. That means that Jesus will look after us and care for us and 
give us good things. It doesn't mean he'll just shove loads of food in us. And No, no, he's, he's going to healthfully look after us. No one ever hated their own body. Would anyone want to disagree with that? So the things we see about ourselves and think about ourselves and say, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too this, I'm too that, blah, blah, blah. Ah! We can be so negative and critical and what we need to do is say, I am in Christ, I'm special and unique I've got a part to play. I need to be faithful and obedient to him and get on with doing the things he wants me to do. I haven't got time to be negative about myself. There's work to do. There's a part to play. There's a thing to get involved in. We, I believe that a scheme of Satan's to get us so caught up with ourselves, selfish thinking, that we don't have time for anyone else to help anyone else to do anything else. Or when we do, it's all about me anyway. It's sick, wrong thinking. And so renewing our minds go, I have got a fabulous part to play in the body of Jesus Christ. I've got work that I need to be doing. I need to get on doing it. And so we can be critical about ourselves, but we can be critical about other people. And we can knock things. And one of the things that we can do is speak ill of the church. Speak badly about the church. Curse the church. The very body that he wants us to be part of and serving in, we can bad mouth. Needs to change. If that's the way you're seeing it, if that's the way you're thinking about it, if that's the way you're speaking about Jesus' church, the body, it needs to change. There needs to be some adjustment so i am part of jesus body why don't you just say that to yourselves i am part of jesus body jesus my head i need to do what he's telling me to do i am a temple of god i'm a temple of god i am a holy place Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, in Christ, in Jesus, the anointed one, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17 says this. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit lives among you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. That is strong words, isn't it? 
Did you hear that? Right? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. I am a temple of God. I am a holy place. It's good thinking to think that about who you are. But we've got to remember we are God's temple. We are God's holy place. Now, what is it about the temple? What does the temple contain? What does the temple hold? Spirit of God, people, Holy Spirit. Yeah, the very presence of God. The presence of God. If you want to know and meet with God under the old covenant, you'd have to go to the temple to meet with the presence of God. But we've, we're under a new covenant that is through Jesus that we meet with God, that we can meet and experience the presence of God. But you know what? His body, the church, is a holy temple. What's in the temple? The very presence of God. Who are you? Who are you? I'm body, I'm part of the temple of God. What does that mean? It means I am a carrier of the presence of God. It means I'm a most holy place. It means I am sacred. It means I'm different. I'm holy. I'm different. I'm holy. I'm sacred. What what are you? Are you too fat, ugly, big, small, stupid? Or are you a carrier of the presence of God, that you've got the, the spirit of God living inside of you? That means that when you walk around and when you're together the very presence of God is there it means that when you're out and about in the streets in the supermarket at work at school in college wherever you are carrying the very presence of God if you start thinking about yourself I'm just me and I'm just walking around if you start walking around Devon Broadway going I am part of the body of Jesus and I am a temple of the Holy Spirit God's spirit lives in me If you start thinking like that, I'll have a nice cup of tea at the cafe. Thank you very much. Spirit of God's in me. Presence of God. What does the presence of God do? Changes things. It's different. People notice. If we allow who we are in Christ to radiate out from us, people will notice a difference. They may not like it. Jesus was persecuted and rejected and treated badly. And some people loved him. So what if people treat us bad? There are other people who are going to love us, not because it's about us, but because of the presence.